Unhappiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit chat? A hole. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to Recent Ramble. This is where George and I take a break from our monthly episodes where we cover the films of our youth to cover some films that have come out recently. Isn't that right, George? Yes, that's right, brother. These films, whilst they are new and fresh releases, um, we think they will be right up our listeners' avenues. I can't believe I actually forgot to introduce ourselves and people need to match the voice with the voice. So I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this is Retro Ramble doing it recently. So uh, what are we covering this time, George? We, we threatened it in one of our previous episodes and it's a man that's no stranger to Retro Ramble. We are covering the latest JCVD outing, which is Netflix's own The Last Mercenary. We really couldn't help ourselves, could we? It was inevitable. I mean, neither I could think... they. Neither could they, to be honest. I mean, how is this film sold? It's like, do you like JCVD? <laughs> you know, Adam Sandler can do like ten Netflix films. Why can't JCVD do just one? So yeah, it's about bloody time. Long um, time coming. So yes, obviously, yeah, we uh, we covered Time Cop earlier in the year with uh, the boys from Spotlight. Uh, and I think we talked about his, you know, up and co- it was up and coming. So, yes, there's there's a last mercenary, but n- there's more. Um, it's a double bill. It's a double bill, motherfucker. It's a double bill, as you will probably see from the title in your your podcast app. We are also that covering- we haven't written yet because that happens in the future. That happens in the future, which is quite uh, well put because we are doing time loop action thriller meets Groundhog Day. Boss Level, starring Frank Grillo. Grillo, and Mel Gibson, and Naomi Watts. Yes, but then not. Mainly Frank Grillo. Mainly Frank <laughs> Grillo. Um, so, yes, we'll be covering those two. Um, and in a bit of a change from traditional uh, Retro Ramble episodes, this will be a shorter affair. We will try and avoid, uh, we'll go light on the spoilers. You know, usually we go, it's a deep dive on the films that we cover. Obviously, these are new films. So, we're going to, yeah, g- give them a sort of a light overview. And Why do I feel like that's a veiled instruction for me? I am notorious. I'm like, let's just do it like we normally do in Richard Ramble. Said Charlie, some people haven't seen these films. Yeah. So um, these are, yeah, just I say, are Charlie and I sort of uh, a quick review on on each of these films. Well, yeah, these films are out. They 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 touch our fa- you know they touch the base that we cover. Mm-hmm. It would be rude not to cover these. So we'll try and do it as lightly and uh, non spoilerific as possible. So yeah, this time we're going to start with the last mercenary. Play the trailer. Engage trailer. We received a fax. Who sends a fax with a code that's 25 years old? A guy who's been gone for 25 years. A legend. The world's most celebrated mercenary. A top pilot. A weapons expert. Undetectable. Like his code name. The Mist. Here's your son's file. As you requested, watch out. You've always spent your time saving others. 
Where are we going? Move it. It's great to meet you. You need to do what I say if you want to leave. Do you think that the buyer's pretending to be Archie? Wait. First we need that imposter. My name needs to be cleared. They'll kill you, you hear me? Look, this is simple. You want my dad. There is a rule within the service. Don't get attached. Because we need to protect the safety of friends. We need a team together. Could you not break down my neck? Just like the Terminator. My man. Want to play? Well, let's play. To the music. So, George, it's recent ramble. Anybody who's listening to our shows, you know, the, the reason we do this podcast is that George and I uh, grew up watching a lot of 80s and 90s films. They are still very relevant, getting remade, uh, getting turned into series. And But this is quite different. This is where the people from, these are the films that are being made by the actors. So, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he's popped up in the podcast a few times, but it's a different not, kind not of... Not personally, his, his films have... Yes, yes. I mean, he still um, hasn't answered back any of our calls or our um, in letters. Yeah, letters. Sent um, letters. It's only a matter of time. So, yeah. Do you want to go first? I think, I mean, who, who has given us this film? Because when you look at all the other um, actors who've had their second wind, shall we say, John, the John Wicks, the Matthew McConaughey's, the Liam Neeson's, um, why not JCVD and why is it taking so long? That's, that's kind of the thing I'm asking. But do you know, I don't know much about this director. Do you, do I've, uh, no, I've never heard of him. So it's uh, David uh, Shahon, I think is how you pronounce it. I've probably butchered it, but or David Chahon in English. Um, but looking at his IMDb, he's done a couple of action sort of comedy type vehicles before so he did like a buddy cop thing with Omar Sy uh, and he's done something with Daniel Ar- Ar- Daniel Artur uh, I think so yeah he's done a few films but he's been directing for about 10 years or so so he hasn't got too many features to his name and they didn't seem to be overly action pictures so he's um, di- directed it and he's wrote it written by him and another guy called Ishmael Sai Savan, who actually also plays uh, one of the, the mercenaries on JCVD's tale. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, I, I had the pleasure of watching this uh, in France with one of my French mates. Um, a lot of us call him JCVD. There is a slight resemblance. Uh, but he's a fan, the most important aspect of that. And also being French, he has grown up watching French cinema. And I think that's something that will come up. It's a French cast. It's a French film. This is very much Netflix doing their thing for the regions, you know, like where we're not going to, you know, try to Americanize everything. Let's, let's throw some money at a country and see what they can make so i think i don't know how what that was like for you george but for me it was it was weird to watch a film with jcvd and where the whole thing is in french uh because i think that's only happened one or two times before but i, I don't think anything was lacking you know he, yeah he was, I, mean, I mean obviously i've watched uh, and we, we talked about this in um our time cop episode um obviously there's the film jcvd which is all in in french which is because it's set in belgium but yeah i'm pretty sure they're they're speaking french not 
Flemish. Um, well, there's three languages spoken in, in Belgium. Don't, don't waste your time. There's French, there's Flemish, there's Flanders. Flanders? Yeah, no, there's... Yeah, there's don't, don't worry about it. Just, just be French and they'll, they'll, they'll respond in English. Yeah, I think there, there must be the option on Netflix to, to watch it dubbed, but I am a... Uh, uh, I just can't stand dubbing. I just find it. I know people talk about reading subtitles can be distracting, but I find dubbing too distracting. For, I won't even let my kids watch Paw Patrol dubs. <laughs> <laughs> watch it in authentic French. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, I bring it up because uh, this this is kind of um, you know there's there's certain types of films. There's the American Hollywood type film. If you want to think of like in terms of British films, like what we do well, we did a bunch of good. We do gangster films guy Ritchie made a bunch of films that were were very good on the global scale but we do we do some very good romantic comedies you know we've we've got a certain style of british film and a lot of bond films a lot of big films star wars and bond and they've been made in the uk with british teams but france the france has its own type of cinema you know and i think this is this this falls very neatly into this and i think it's the the only criticism it's it's more of a letdown is that i was expecting the hollywood glitch treatment for jcvd and it's actually a very uh very typical french comedy you know so it's 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 it, that's, that's, that's what's weird that's what i wanted to double check with you because obviously um as some of our listeners uh, will know you are a you live in france you live in paris you are now yes. a french national I'm getting friendship by the minute. Yeah, I've got yeah. like a card, a card that says you. I'm here for ten years. In your face, Brexit. No, um, I ain't going nowhere. And so, I like, I, but you've been immersed in French culture for for some time. You have French. You have a French wife. Um, yeah. and I'm assuming you. She been, says we've got French kids. I beg to differ. <laughs> and I'm assuming you've been forced to watch some terrible French comedies in the past. So you've got some good reference for this. Whereas I. I have, in terms of French comedies that I've seen, uh, I've probably seen about, uh, I can probably count them on one hand. I mean, there's the original Birdcage, Cage, um some Gerard Depardieu movies, maybe. Oh, no, there's, uh, some, there's, some, there's some great and even recent comedies. Luckily, I can still only count the amount I've had to watch on one hand. No, I mean, uh, Bienvenue Le Chute is amazing. It's about a guy from uh, where my wife's from in the north of France uh, having to move. Uh, no, I think it's, no, it's a guy from the south who's living in Cote d'Azur having to move up to Lille right and uh, there's some great jokes in there about the difference between the north-south divide done very well and they did one years earlier which is kind of naked gun in the Alps um, but it's very much a culture thing but they uh, they've given us you know the dinner for schmucks this is this, a lot of French films is this um, this thing where it's contained it's in a certain place with a certain number of characters with a certain pr- premise um, and I think that's the only thing I can level at uh mm. At the last mercenary is maybe it was the way it was marketed you know we talk about we, we like to start these shows with george and i talking about first memories well we all saw the trailer but then i was traveling through france on a train and they'd overtaken the whole of a french big train station montparnasse all promoting you know how netflix likes to take yeah. over train stations all of it promoting jcvd's latest flick pictures everywhere and they've like done some like photoshop work on him like which is clearly him from kickboxer but they put a wig on him and they make him look older type thing so they really promoted the shit out of it. it's like this is going to be another jcd uh jcvd action flick and it's not it's it's more of a it's a french comedy which has him in you know it's, doing it's, all of his stuff but it's not it's not a blockbuster and i think maybe we expected too much it's a netflix french film it's yeah i i'm 
glad we're on the same page. I went into it and they probably down to marketing they kind of marketed it as you know jace dvd he's back it's you know it's it's an action comedy but you saw you know jace dvd doing what he does best kicking ass doing some sexy dancing you know and it does have that but i think i was i was expecting a bit more action a little bit more uh, martial arts action and whilst the, i didn't have an issue with the the comedy i didn't f- find it particularly funny but i didn't have an issue i quite liked the i thought the ensemble because it is an ensemble piece you know it's jason yeah. working with a team and i didn't find them too irritating i thought it was quite a nice diverse cast they're all like household names here in france i should just well, well that's it. it i think there's a lot that washed over me like there's one of his team that's an elder lady i think she's called mew mew in real life yeah no she's like you know one of the most famous she's like helen mirren of france apparently yeah and there there is everyone in it even the guy you know the guy who's in the office doing nothing with a bald head yes he is he's like a massive star in france as well so i mean i don't even know his name that's no no lack of respect it's just you watch you watch this film but for me and you know i have i've lived here for over 10 years now i'm starting to get the jokes and um no it's 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 more of a typical there's some great french comedy there's a there's another series on netflix called family business um which is all about this french family butchers who uh to keep the business going they they start doing weed because they think it's going to be legalized and in the end it's not it's hilarious and we're on the second and it's brilliant and i highly recommend you to watch to anybody to watch that with subtitles it'll still be funny there's also a french comedian who's just got her new show like she's got her netflix break and i've watched it with subtitles and i don't get all of the french and it's still hilarious even the even the subtitles considering Mm. i work with subtitles in my job are amazing so i give it a bit of time but it's definitely a barrier in this film. For me, I get the humour and it is funny and it does pass the test. But this podcast, if you listen to any of our episodes, we have a lot of love for the man. And I think that kind of clouded my, um, there's a bit of rose-tinted JCVD going on. Um, yeah. But he's great. He's doing the splits on the ceiling. You know, I mean, it was all in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, it was one of the cases of the, probably the highlights of the film were in the trailer and uh, unlike the probably the second film uh, that we're going to talk about later in this podcast, I felt like the fight choreography could have been done. He, he, he could have done better. And I don't think it's about his age. I think he could have done better. It was a bit, I'm talking about the camera work. Well, that's what I was trying to work out as well. I've, I've got that in my notes that whilst there's some good action set pieces, there's a great car chase. There's a couple of good fights. There's a locker room fight and the final face off in like a, an 80s themed games room is is yeah. fun i did find the some of the choreography it is disappointing and i'm wondering is that a mixture of you know jcvd is 60 he's not as you know he's still in great shape but is that him or is it down to uh, david sharon his experience as a action director as i, I would i would I, no offense to him i would I, i'm i'm gonna say i think it's the latter because i follow jcvd on instagram i mean who doesn't um him with his little dogs and then do but he's still doing the splits he's still doing roundhouses. Yeah. i've seen him in action he's still got it you know so he can still do it quick enough um that it wouldn't have been it's not like samuel L. jackson and captain marvel you know, oh, it's, it's not it's not yeah. no Um, no it's he's still definitely got it so uh, for me I think it's cameras I think uh, it's it's, it's probably down to and it's that typical Hollywood 
Hollywood-esque editing of let's let's keep the snapshots. Yeah, it's it's quickly edited, and you're not getting to appreciate the choreography, the moves, uh, and bring the camera back a little bit. It is great to see him. He's still kicking ass, and there is you know the action. I say there is some good action in it, but personally, I don't think there's enough uh, action. Whilst it's it's great to see JCVD in a more prominent comedy film rather than having moments of brevity in a very serious film yeah it's i just didn't feel i thought i felt that it was lacking a bit of of the action stakes there is some really nice jcvd and 80s homages it very much plays on the the nostalgia the 80s nostalgia you've got scarface you've got you know 80s inspired neon credits opening credits and there's some nice nods to previous jcvd stuff as well so yeah i think um i didn't realize until i think it was about 10 minutes before i was about to watch the film that it was all going to be in french i mean i don't really uh, think about it. i mean you knew you always knew this was gonna be a french film yeah i don't know but i think when i first heard about this film i just saw images like uh, a, child, a child's mind i recognize the logo JCVD's back and I just had all of these like I think what you and I were talking about one of our previous episodes before we knew anything about this was like he's got a, he's got a gig he's got a Netflix gig he's making a film it's gonna be like John Wick's gonna be nuts but I can't believe I'm saying this but like I kind of wish this had had the Hollywood treatment that somebody had come up with thing like no we're gonna make it successful and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fucking trilogy do you know what I mean it's like yeah. It's. I think this 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 fits the the hole that it was supposed to go into, and it's like it's very much a French comedy. And uh, I enjoyed watching it. And the French guy I watched it with, uh, he's watched plenty. Uh, Jefferson's watched plenty. JCVD in his time. So it's a good movie. It's a French comedy. But I think we both wanted. We both were hoping it was more than that. So it definitely ticks yeah. the boxes for what it is. I think it was just very well marketed. Um, so yeah, I mean, marketed. Is there anything else you want? To, I mean, he's he's going to keep making stuff uh thank god he's done the expendables which well, no, uh, i mean hopefully he's you know yeah he's had i think the we're still we still haven't this isn't a, a renaissance for for the muscles no. from brussels that we were hoping um and yeah he's had a few second chances you know with the, the amazon show um john claude van johnson and yeah as you say he's very prominent on on insta and stuff like that but yeah i'm still holding out that somebody and maybe netflix will say hey this is i think it has done you know it's been in the top tens and you know around the netflix worldwide i think purely from people saying oh yeah i don't know how many people have watched the film all the way through but hopefully it might pave the way for netflix to say oh that's more really successful let's do some more jcvd stuff just, and I'd it like, might be more actiony stuff i'd like to see him in a show i'd like to see somebody do a, like uh, what uh, Tarantino did with Travolta and oh, no, well, I, 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 him. make I him want, a bad guy, you know, make him, I make want him to, a henchman, you know? I want it exactly. Well, he, he technically does play a henchman in Kung Fu Panda 2 uh, as an evil crocodile. <laughs> I'm still um, way behind you there, buddy. But no, I want that exactly to happen. I, I, I was even saying on the Empire Group on Facebook today that someone's saying, oh, who would be a great director and actor pairing that hasn't happened? And I think I'd love to see what Tarantino could do with JCVD. And I've probably said that on the podcast before. Oh, I think, I think uh, Tarantino would have a lot of fun. He'd do some like uh, detective noir film, but the guy kicks ass. Sonny Chiba style, mm. uh, by the way, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. Yes, this indeed. Week. yeah. Uh, very, very sad news. But no, um, no, in terms of JCVD, I just think 
he deserves to have, he, he deserves to be more in the mainstream than he is. He's got the moves. Um, he's got the he's got this the comedy. You know, I don't think he wants to be an evil evil bad guy, but he, he could be sly. I think somebody needs to push his range. But um, no, I'm never going to get tired of, of watching him. And there's there's a few splits in that film. I'm not some sexy dancing. Some sexy dancing. There is obviously sexy dancing. Yeah, they they know they know the but they know how to press our buttons, yeah. don't they? Um, so yeah, if you like JCVD, watch this film. If you don't like foreign films, still watch this film. It actually or um, put, put on Bloodsport. <laughs> put on Bloodsport. Yeah, what, what am I? What am I trying to say? Or well, listen, listen, yeah, just just watch just watch an older film if, if yeah. that's what you want. Okay, uh, anything else you want to cover on the last mercenary? Definitely not the last JCVD, but probably the last mercenary film. C'est fini. C'est fini. So it's an, it's time for another recent ramble with me, Charlie McGee, and my brother George McGee. And the other film of recent release that we will be covering is Boss Level. And that's because it's going to be like computer game orientated, and it's going to be about getting to the boss level, right? Right, 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 right. in a way. Hey, Jake. I used to complain that every day felt the same, and now every day is the same. I have died 144 times when every day ends like this. But it doesn't matter. Not when you've lost everything you've loved. Venter, man who's had me killed 150 times. Power to rewrite history is mine. Heads up. I know everything that's going to happen. One thing that never changes. What's up, pretty boy? Bunch of assholes are killing me for reasons that remain a mystery. I am Guan Yin, and Guan Yin has done this. I'm Zwei. It's Zwei. Roy, can you hear me? I can't explain it right now, but I'm going to need your help. Gemma? The only woman I've ever loved and who can stop this is still alive. I have to get killed. Hi, Roy. Over and over again. Until I save her. I need to learn how to fight with a sword. I would only have a day. I think we can get a lot done in a day. Someone's been the busiest little beaver. I'm stuck in the death loop because of you. Exactly. Bring them all on. Every last one of them. I can do this all day. So, yeah, as I summed it up at the start of the episode, and I think I summed it up to you in a text message in terms of you need to check out this film, it's John Wick meets Groundhog Day. And it's it's just dropped on Prime uh, recently, so a lot of people... It's getting a lot of attention. Um, but interestingly, it's... It was actually made back in 2018 and was due to be released in end of 2019. And then it got shelved because of obviously the pandemic, but then the original uh, distributing company dropped it and it got picked up by Hulu. Um, so it's d- directed by Joe Carnahan. Uh, Joe Carnahan's had a bit of a, an interesting career. So he um, broke onto the scene with the brilliant uh, film Narc, 
with Ray Liotta and Jason Patrick. I think that was in the wow, early that's, noughties. That takes, that takes me back, bro. We were students, weren't we? Yeah, I remember watching it at uni, yeah. Uh, and then he were, he also did the 80 movie, which had uh, good parts in it, um, but it wasn't... It was a good film, just very, very loosely connected to the original. Well, I, yeah, I watched it again recently, only a few weeks ago, and it's enjoyable, it's got a good cast, it's just not as good as it could be. And it didn't really need to be an 18 movie, was kind of how I walked away from it. I was like, it's an okay film, it didn't actually need to be an 18 or it was one of those things that like was crying out for like oh in a sequel you know it was too much of an origin story whereas yeah, they should have just had the, should have had them on the run you know from the get-go yeah. as is in the show so he did a team he did smoking aces which has a lot of similarities with this which is about you know lots of crazy hitmen ch- chasing after you know after one target which so he, he has that zany action vibe um what else has he done apparently he's been some good uh, cinematography he's yeah he likes his is is very stylistic uh, very stylized action but he's a bit hit and miss in terms of director so but he does he does action quite well so i think this is is quite a good partnership because obviously it's, it's so it's uh director joe carnahan and frank grillo who most people will be mo- uh, most familiar he is from well he crops up in the marvel movies uh so he crops up in uh captain america winter, winter soldier, soldier as as one of the shield bad guys and um, that eventually will become crossbones so uh rock brumlow i think it is brumlow that sounds like like crossbones kind of normal name striker is x-men is evil military dude from x-men and that's not marvel at all oh sorry i'm going cross-eyed and nobody cares right yeah so Um, anyway he's in marvel fight coordinator and yes his background i think is 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 very much yeah he was a stunt coordinator that's become an actor that's become a bit more in front of the camera and as you can see in this film, he is, he, he must work out. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good fight coordinator. <laughs> he, um, possibly. Supplements, uh, we, supplements. No, we're not, we're, we're not putting the finger. I just think he eats a lot of chicken and nothing else. He sets his alarm <laughs> before in the morning, time. eats chicken and goes back to sleep again. He is on the, he's on the huge, huge action Wolverine diet, yeah. for sure. So yeah, this is just to sum it up because I've been waffling on for a while. It's it's an action movie spin on the time loop mini genre. Are we saying time loops a genre? Well, Discuss. we can't just call it. It's a ground dog meets blah blah blah. But yeah, it's a time loop film. But did I mean that's a question we we'll have to answer later? But did anybody do it before Groundhog Day? Uh, I'm sure that has been. been. I'm sure that has been. But we're co- so that's le- that's why we're calling it a time loop thing and not a Groundhog Day thing. So yeah, it's yeah, and 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 there's been plenty of time loop stuff uh, in recent times. There's the brilliant Palm Springs that you and I will probably talk about later on. I think there's uh, some horror stuff as well. There's like Happy Death Day, which I haven't seen, which is a Netflix. And I think there's a few shows that because of the whole pandemic where we're you know living groundhog day yeah living groundhog day i think it has become quite a popular theme in popular culture almost Um, a go-to so yeah this is part time loop thing part video game homage and I, th- I thought it was quite nice to see Frank Grillo in a leading role because I've only seen him in a bit parts. I think he has had some lead leading parts in some more sort of uh, straight to streaming stuff or direct to 
to you know well not straight to video but he was in um the purge sequel purge anarchy and he was in skyline sequel so he's almost like a budget version of the rock so he's drafted in to make these cheap sequels a bit more action heavy to b movies (laughs) sequels to b movies yeah pretty much no but he does a great job and he's got presence he's got um he's, he's got amazing hair in every single shot of the film so much so big hair big hair no but so much so you're like how far away is makeup from this action pick you know there's there's shit flying everywhere it's been thrown out of a window and it's like so quaffed so boofed the the thing about this film is that it it really does it sets itself up rather confidently expecting to maybe get picked up and be made in something else let's just say the ending's ambiguous without spoiling anything for everybody but it's got everything you want to see and if it's it's something that hasn't been done so imagine groundhog day but with loads of action like like the as george said you know the john wick style and it does deliver on those two fronts as for the stick, as for the plot, plotty, narrative, sticky stuff that sticks it all together, not so much. But don't worry about that. That's not what you came here for. I think it's a lot of fun. I watched it on a Friday night. I had a few drinks. It doesn't take it too itself too seriously, and I think Joe Carnahan is quite good at that. Com- it is almost comic booky. You know, it's quite sort of pulpy action. It, it's not like it doesn't take itself too seriously there's there is some good you know one-liners and quips and he's frank grillo's sort of delivery his narration is is quite dry and it's also got yeah a very a bit very much like smoking aces it's got a very colorful diverse list uh cast of assassins weird and wonderful assassins there's there's these german twins there's there's a, a dwarf with bombs there's a a, a a chinese girl with a sword so there's there's lots of it's very comic booky and it's sort of stylized villains Oh, and apparently Mel Gibson's in this film as well. Yeah, I was wondering when we're going to get to this because, um, I mean... So Mel Gibson is the boss. He's the boss level. Is he, though? Um, No, I mean, I think we don't need to... For anybody who's not listened to our podcast before, ultimate respect, we've covered Lethal Weapon was a Christmas episode. Uh, we, We have so much love for Mel Gibson, but he's in this film and you watch this film for its entirety and you just walk away from it thinking, I think he has one or two... He has one really good monologue and another bit yes. where he's being kind of evil and saying stuff and he's always in the background but so underused so if it just I mean we're not going to spoil it but it's like ah, oh, could have done so much more could have done well yeah I was thinking this as is well he, is he going to be in the sequel um, <laughs> because he's one of the best things in the very disappointing Expendables 3 he's he's the big bad guy in Expendables 3 and he's like he's properly jacked up in it he has a great fight with with Stallone at the end um I think he's like Colonel Stonebanks they've got the names in Expendables are are, are brilliant like nonsense what's, what's um, what are we going to call this villain <laughs> Jean Villain so yeah he and he's the one of the best things in Expendables 3 because Expendables 3 is probably the the worst of the Expendables I films I still can't believe you watched it I, I gave up on that film um, I'm a completist I'm a, what can I when say when they were, were going through the air on Skylines at the start and I was just like no no I'm out I know it's, it's, it's got some yeah, it, Expendables 3 has some three good things it, it has it brings <laughs> it has Wesley it brings in Wesley Wesley back from from ta- tax evasion okay I'm in 
Um, it's got Antonio Banderas being yeah. all crazy, crazy, crazy. And you've got, yeah, Mel Gibson really hamming it up, really glee as a bad guy, gleeful bad guy. And that's what's lacking in this, isn't it? Sorely lacking in this film. Yeah, as you say, he has a very much a Raul Silva from Skyfall, you know, monologue about the, the cruelty of nature and, and how evil things are. And that's pretty cool. But then he's just completely wasted. And when there's a moment, the boss level where he fights the boss, it's, I'm sort of jumping into spoilers, but it's just a really quick and blink and you miss it fight essentially well i, th- I, th- I think the, the thing is about the whole the whole boss level is the boss is always supposed to be the hardest ahead of you yeah harder than you harder to beat. that's why it's called boss level and in this film you know the whole the whole premise of this film is the fact it's, it's all about the protagonist has the opportunity to go back and you can look let's let's talk about this in video game terms the protagonist gets to reset and restart the game every time until he gets the boss level but I, I think what's lacking on the film scale of things is the boss doesn't know how many times he's played it if you know what I mean so yeah I think that's what's lacking I think the only re- reason I bring that is I think it detracts something from Mel Gibson as being the boss is that he doesn't know all the stuff that you've watched in the film but yeah, and and it's also it's a fact that it's all about getting to the boss. That's that's the journey. But when he actually gets to the boss, it's a bit of an anticlimax. It's sort yeah, of like it's it's the film's all about twist. all the different ways he's get, he has to get there. But it really does deliver in the third act in terms of action because I think that's where you, you can't. Uh, I compare this film in terms of its tone to Rambo, um, but Rambo makes you wait and really delivers in the third act. And this film does. It's not really sure of its tone, but it really delivers. There's a bit where he's obviously it's third act stuff. Shit's got shit's going to get real. Um, he's he's up. He's leveled up himself, and it's it is very John Wick. It's beautifully choreographed, and you can see Frank Grillo is in his element because he's narrating and he's kicking ass and taking names. And I think he will get more work from this. Uh, and yeah, as I say, it's um, it's definitely not a bad film. I just think. I don't know. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions and they're not normally the type of questions you ask about this film. When you have a film with time loops, it's normally like, that's an interesting way to do it. Whereas with this film, it's like, why did they decide to do it this way? It's, it's kind of the question. Yeah, I, I think obviously with there's there's only so much you can do in one film and it definitely delivers on the action stakes. It just, I think it really doesn't really add anything new to the time loop genre. I think the time loop genre has been done better from a sci-fi point of view in, um, what's it called? The code, source code. And um, whenever he says code. Code. <laughs> And most recently, a film that I really enjoyed and found surprising was uh, Palm Springs with with Andy Sandovics. Whilst that's not an action film, it's a brilliant deconstruction of, and it is more of a romantic comedy like Groundhog Day. It has so much more to say about what could possibly happen if you ever found yourself in that situation. All the different things you go to, all the different lengths of despair and 
it's yeah, much more psycholo- it's a much more psychological look at it. It's like you'd be ready to die. Nothing would mean anything. You would do everything once and you'd do it a hundred times and you would then do crazy shit that you would never do just because it was different. So that the, the, the great thing is, is it Palm Springs? I keep forgetting the name. Yeah, Palm Springs, yeah. So it keeps on exploring the what would you do if you could do the same day yeah. and in Palm Springs case, a wedding. If you could do, you, you know, you could do anything you ever wanted. And... I think it what it does better in that film is it's slicker in how it deals with the melancholy of being in that situation. Whereas in in boss level, he's kind of he's he, I mean he's like you know sometimes he, he either can't be bothered or he's kick ass. It yeah. seems there's there's very much hot and cold. Whereas I think the um, the Andy Samberg film is very much delves into it would just completely fuck with your head. And but what they both do. I mean, maybe uh, Groundhog Day didn't hammer it into us enough is the fact that it's millennia, you know, that it's hundreds of years. Yeah. I, I always got the feeling with when I was watching Groundhog Day that he that he was there, I don't know, 100 days, maybe a year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was never well, really hammered into you. But in, in both these films we're talking about, so the Palm Springs, I mean, this guy's done it 200 times, but in Palm Springs, like you, you almost get the feeling like it's been years. Yeah. Like he has literally been there for infinity. That's not really literal. But anyway, uh, you, get, you get the meaning that it's, yeah. it's much longer. He's done yeah. everything. Also, there's code. Yeah, it's a code. 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 Um, as well as Mel Gibson being wasted, uh, Naomi Watts is also, you know, she's a very good actress. Um, she hasn't really, I can't remember the last good thing she was in, but she, you know, um, she pops up. She's in a very thankless female. The, women don't We're really going to make you a scientist. You know, we're totally woke. So we're going to make a woman a scientist. And then what is the major arc of her? It's like, you work too much. Your kid misses you. Women shouldn't work. <laughs> it is. She, she's, I mean, she doesn't even explain how it works. There's no bingly bongly science fiction stuff going on. There's just like a I'll generator. Put, I'll put the thing in the machine. All she technically does is like, she kind of whimpers, she cries. She's meant to be this amazing scientist. And she whimpers and she cries. She cuts his hair and she sticks something in a machine. And then she's told, your kid misses, your kid yeah. is buying vintage video games because you're not there. You should stop working so hard. This, this is a man's job. Now, I mean, I was maybe reading a little bit into it, but I mean, no strong, really, no really strong female characters. Um, but I think she could be much. We've seen her do much better work, and I'm not just talking about Mulholland Drive. She is. She should be. You know, have lines yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Join up sentences. So yeah, there's. I mean, I think it's a solid three star movie. It's got some. I think it'll definitely tick the boxes for for action fans. Definitely, you know, definitely post pub. This is definitely a post pub film. This is yeah. one of those. You've you've had a couple of jars. You've come home. There's nothing on telly. Stick on Netflix. Sorry, Prime, mm-hmm. and uh, have fun. It is. Yeah, it's, so it, it, I think it definitely fills that sort of void whilst we're waiting for the the amazingly uh, uh, growing cast of John Wick 4. Um, we're waiting for John Wick 4 to come out. I think it will satisfy action fans. I just feel like, yeah, in terms of the whole time loop premise, I think it kind of squandered some of the potential it had. Yeah, and just to touch on that for a second, John Wick 4 is becoming like the portal scene from Endgame. It's like, and now we've got boop, and now yeah. we've got boop, now we've yeah. got Fancy. Uh, Fancy Brown, the Kurgan himself, is, is, well, is the latest. Who's the other one, the other one um, that they mentioned? 
I don't want to spoil but, it for now. Oh, there's, there's, there's Donnie Yen, um, yeah, Clancy Brown. Uh, oh, there's there's so many people. Like it's, it's, it seems like every week there's a new person being added. I just really hope they end it. I, re- I was I was hoping for a tight trilogy. I was happy. Well, money yes, we- and they're making more films, but I just wonder. I just, I just, I just don't want it to get like um, Lost or um, Game of Thrones, where they are blatantly just, just yeah. making the story go on so they can make more money. Well, but yeah, as um, in the words of the Kurgan, better to burn out than fade away. It's August, and as you know, we are not really in cinemas uh, that much, uh, even though I first I haven't been to the cinema in six months, so I went yesterday. And do you know what I went to see? What do you Port see? Patrol. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, we're not covering that on this podcast. No, I am going to go and see Free Guy, hopefully tomorrow or the next night. Looking forward to that. But what I have been doing in August is reading lots of books. Book Corner. Welcome to Book Corner. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. We don't really cover books but a lot of books that we do read, George and I, relate to the films we cover. So what have you been reading? You've had some time off. What have, what have you been reading that's wet your whistle? I read one of the most recent Jack Reacher's, Past Tense. And? And, uh, and Lee Child is past caring. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's clearly like he's written two, two stories, one of them involving Jack Reacher going back to his father's birthplace. And right. another one is about this canadian couple that get locked it's like a a horror movie they get uh, kidnapped or held hostage in a motel room and then they're hunted by people with bows and arrows it's a complete mess i kept reading it to hoping it would get better it didn't really Um, did you so george and i are several we've read all of the reaches like up until this summer like most of them yeah george is referring, referring to but um George wants it. Are you you told me that doesn't doesn't he kind of write them like without any structure? He just on on the fly. He just starts. He, writes. he just yeah. writes and he writes and he writes. I mean, I'm not, not. Hasn't he handed it over? I think he's, Lee Charles handed it over to his brother now because he's just like, I just can't be asked. Just someone else do it. Nobody can kill Reacher, so I can't be bothered finishing. There's, there's, apparently, there's a Jack Reacher series coming out. I think Amazon have got it, and it's um, one of the guys that was in Titans. You know the, that comic book one. He was the Hawk guy. Was a Hawk? Really enjoyed the first season of Titans. Um, but he's he looks more like a Jack Reacher whether he can act like a Jack Reacher who knows but I also have started reading uh, Born to be Bad Part 2 which is uh, a fantastic book all about the villains of action heroes of the 80s and 90s so obviously it's the part two of um, a series written by uh, Timon Singh some of the best villains of many a retro ramble episode is that yes. all right yes and uh hopefully we will be getting uh him on on the show soon to uh to talk about uh born to be bad too but um it is a they are i'm only you know about a quarter of the way through the second installment but yeah as charlie says um the first one oh, no, it's, a, it's a must read for any retro ramble fans i mean he from there's Ron, from ronnie cox from sully in commando to bennett to all of the um, terrorists in Die Hard who are still alive, you know, unfortunately, Alan Rickman's no longer with us. Mm. Um, to uh, Max von Sido, to uh, yeah, you know, the, the bad guy from Lethal Weapon from Family Hills Cop, everyone. 
it's yeah. uh, some real surprises and even the bad guy from uh for your eyes only so yeah i mean they've got some it's it's uh it's fascinating that he's got these interviews and I can't wait to read the second one. Um, for my part, I have been seriously getting into my Blake Crouch. So George introduced me to Blake Crouch a few years ago with his one of his more recent titles, Dark Matter, um, which is, I guess you could argue, is quite sci-fi. Um, it's all about, um, you know, multidimensional crazy stuff but i've gone back and read some of his originals and i cannot recommend highly enough uh the wayward pines trilogy which he said was inspired by watching like lost and twin peaks and well you I know read, they have made it into a tv show right i was just gonna say i've read all three and i have just found out that there is a tv show with matt dylan so i am i bought that on amazon and i'm looking mm. forward to watching that one. but that is crazy nuts um i think he is a he's a master of uh of suspense like thrillers uh i've just i forced george i was you've got to read his recursion book which is all about time travel through memories which crazy in, one, in one word george is just what it's 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 nuts it's, it's bonkers uh, um but yeah dark matter i think is also being picked up for a series that yeah. should be a film in my opinion, I, I think I think recursion could be a well, maybe maybe it's the other way around. But recursion should maybe that not everything should just be made to a series because that's what people are consuming. Maybe mini series, bro. Mini. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that's it. It should be a mini. But they are yeah, good sci-fi, Christopher Nolan esque, clever, thinky sci-fi. Well, I'm just I'm currently reading this, this book, which is called Abandon, which is split between. So there's like this town in the in the mountains in uh, in america like in colorado completely snow driven half the story is what happened in 1893 and half the story is what's happening today and it's obviously about like goonies you know trying to find the gold oh, okay. like how the town lost the gold and and like how it's mirrored and so it's not sci-fi at all but the guy is just an amazing talent and just to go on from that i've read the recent andy weir project hail mary which i would say is as good as the martian if not slightly better um it goes to places the martian didn't go to where you might not expect him to go to so i can't recommend that enough and the two of them have teamed up on blake crouch has just released uh the ford collection so it's six books and blake crouch does one andy weir does one and the other four books are written by four other up-and-coming sci-fi uh authors so where we're going so i know a lot of our retro ramble uh followers like their sci-fi and if you like to read i've you can get them for free on kindle unlimited uh it's temporary i think they're going to steal them back from us but uh it's the summer man cinemas a bit closed at the moment mm. have you been to the cinema recently bro i have uh i went and saw the suicide squad uh the other week in a packed out cinema it made me feel a little bit anxious being in a, in a pretty much a sold out screening and not one person wearing a mask you need a strutable uh strutable definitely um but no the Su suicide squad it seems to be getting sort of very mixed reviews but i thought it was brilliant i mean it's it's james gunn who did the guardians movies he was you it's know it's gonna be that level of quality it's like funny. yeah it's it's it, it, and if anyone's seen any of james gunn's non-marvel films it's very much like that so he has a very twisted gory sense of humor so it's got ever it's got buckets of gore it's probably the goriest film i've seen at the cinema in a long time it's very funny it's bonkers
so yeah i really enjoyed that a massive improvement on the original suicide squad movie but that's a very low bar so and yeah I, just, i'd really recommend that I, I, suicide I squad that. and suicide squad so just the suicide squad is the new one yeah yes the suicide squad and um, the guy that none of us well i i'd written off i thought he was terrible in the transformers film with um oh uh, are you talking about john cena yeah, John John Cena. He he has been terrible, and he's like, I'm just going to do what the Rock did. I'm just going to be a big actor. And let's just say, after having some time and ho- hopefully some lessons, he is actually delivering. Like he's he's, he's he, hot shit right now. He's very good in it. He's yeah. Uh, much. Yeah, he's um, he's very good. Um, well done. But yeah, the, but all, all the the cast. Yeah, um, Big Idris Idris Elba. He's great in it. Uh, Margot Robbie is always you know reliable as Harley Quinn. But yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I would I would recommend that. I look forward to seeing that, um, and I also look forward to hopefully not having to drive a speedboat in my bath as I watch Dune. You must have heard this. Yes, yes. I don't know. I mean, I think I think that I think the rhetoric, sorry, the, the the narrative needs to change. I think maybe just stop giving it to the streaming companies. I just this is the problem I have with this conversation. Like these directors and these movie guys, oh, you can't watch it on stream. It's like, well, why are you putting it on streaming? Yeah, well, no, no it's, it's, it's out of their hands, though. That's that's the thing with uh, it really? June. It is was it, made no, no, contractually, though. Is it really like maybe it is now? But it'd be interesting if it if it's still happening in a year or two. Like Steven Spielberg has since backtracked after saying streaming would kill cinema. He's now making stuff for Netflix, and it'd be interesting to see how many other people just toe the line. It's like streaming's part of it. Cinema has to change, but you can't complain and say you've got to watch this at the cinema when you are making it available on yeah. streaming i think it's no weird. but I, th- I think there's a lot going on and it'd be i think the hollywood lawyers are very busy at the moment there's the whole scarlett johansson thing that she was given a, a deal that was based on a certain amount of a bonus based on box office and then they released it simultaneously on disney plus and at the box office uh so a lot of people yeah and a lot of people are saying oh well she's just being greedy well no she is she just wants what she's you know negotiated what's been promised to her and well would you would you be happy with two thousand if you were offered five thousand because that's what it's like yeah 20 million or 50 million but like would you really be happy with two thousand if you got five thousand or 20 quid when it was 50 quid it's the principle um, but yeah, getting back to June, just my final point on that, I will be seeing that on oh, cinema all the way, biggest goes. screen possible, the IMAX for sure. Beam um, it into my eyeballs. I'm just just yeah. hoist me on a harness, two meters away from a 4K IMAX screen, and just move me around accordingly. No, I, I can't wait. I'm very excited to see that film. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch the original because like George was with Star Wars, I was a bit scared of Dune when it first came out when I was younger. Uh, and I don't think I needed to be. I don't, I don't think the original is the best representation. I've read the book, which is a beast. It is quite a, a tough book. read. Uh, whether you've got time to read it before then, who knows? It's a lot like of talk about it? books. This is definitely our August episode, which will be available in September, but definitely an August episode. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, are we? Should we tell people what's coming up next? Uh, well, I say we are. Yeah, we, no, we talked about it. More books. Uh, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get uh, Time and Sing uh, to talk about his books, Born to Be Bad. Um, so that should be our next episode. But yes, we've got some other stuff coming up later in the year. Possibly Top Gun, if Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun 2 ever comes out. 
and maybe a Halloween episode uh, film's 40th anniversary so there's a clue there I'm both excited, aroused, and petrified. But just like another any other school night. Um, okay, well, that's it for this time. I've been Charlie McGee. I've been George McGee. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.